College prep? Yes! College prep? Yes! Hi everyone! Welcome to College Prep? Yep! That's right! The podcast where students and parents have fun talking all about college prep. We walk you through the process and help you tackle those tough moments where you find yourself wondering, now what? Hey, Aaron, now what? Let's get started with our episode. Brought to you by NSphere College Planning Services. Hello, hello, and welcome to our 10th episode of College Prep. Yep. Uh, Today, our episode is entitled, I'm Looking at Small Schools. Now Now what? what? Don't forget that this is the second part of our very first two-part series. Last episode, we discussed big schools. This episode, we are discussing small schools. Before we get started, just a few key reminders. Don't forget to join our online college coaching community. This is our Facebook site where you interact with individuals all around the nation who are going through the same thing as you. Check out our monthly membership programs if you want to delve in even deeper, get that one-on-one focused personalized assistance from both Carmela and myself. Exactly. For those of you that are listening to this on our website, thank you so much. But please don't forget, log on to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. You'll have instant access to these episodes on your phone. You can listen to Aaron and I at any time. And don't forget to rate us and tell your friends. At the end of this episode, as always, we give you a free downloadable gift. Now, here we go. I'm looking at small schools. Now what? (laughs) So to kick this off, I know during our last episode, one of the biggest things that we talked about was the size of the classes that you will encounter at those larger colleges. So why don't we take a look then? Let's start with class sizes again. So Carmela, what do you think are some of the big differences or the pros and cons of class sizes that you might see at these smaller schools? Well, when we're talking about class size, and I did, full disclosure, as you all know, attend a very small private school, you need to be more hands-on. That's the type of learner, I think, that will succeed at this school. Uh, You're going to have much more individualized attention. These classes will be very, very small. Uh, In my freshman class, where you had your first ever class, I, I truly believe there was only maybe 15 students. The largest class I actually ever had was 25 students. Wow. Yeah. So it's a good thing because you're able to raise your hand, right? Uh, Be creative. Bounce ideas off of one another. I think open discussion is very, very common among students and professors in this setting. And I don't think you can talk about class size without also touching on the professors themselves. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. So I'm imagining maybe you can tell us about your experience, but I would imagine or expect that at a smaller school, you would have much closer individual relationships with those professors. Is that true? Uh, When you start out at a school, a small school, a lot of times you're assigned an advisor just to get you through that first year. It's a transition period for everyone. But what happens is you start to develop very personal relationships with these professors. A lot of them don't have a jam-packed schedule, so you can stay after class and talk to them. Their office hours, they will usually have office hours posted every single day. And you can plan on showing 
up and maybe there's one person in line in front of you or no one at all. Uh, there was many times where I'd spend over an hour just talking to professors in their office hour setting. Maybe it started out talking about an assignment, but then it just turned into a conversation about life in general. They were able to actually give you, and they did give me, very personal advice on my future. What kind of job should I start out with? Was grad school right for me? Uh, things of that nature. And don't forget that when you're in a small setting, these professors know you. They're going to realize if you're skipping class that day, right? Most of them even have your cell phone numbers. Uh, at least that's what happened at my school. So if you were sleeping in, they were calling you and telling you, hey, get to class. <laughs> you're wow. five minutes late. I mean, as a mother, I have to say that sounds wonderful. Um, that sounds really appealing to have this kind of setting where my student is getting that really individualized attention and able to build those relationships with professors. Are there any negatives or any cons that you can think of? I would say that you have to be ready to answer a question at every moment in time. You can't often get away without maybe completing an assignment because in a small classroom setting, like I said, there's a lot of open discussion. They're going to call on you and it could just be by surprise. Uh, so I would say that the con is you always have to be prepared. I know parents listening, that should be a good thing. Erin yep. <laughs> as a mom would be happy, but you have to realize that as a student, that's not always the case, but this I think could be a negative. For me, it was a positive. It just encouraged me to always be prepared for class and engage in the activities. Right. And I do know we've had students who went and toured some of these smaller colleges and just looking at the campus itself, sometimes they would come back and, and they would just say, it just felt so small. I didn't like being able to walk across the entire campus in a matter of five to 10 minutes. I felt stifled. I felt like there weren't enough people. It was too quiet. So I do know sometimes students feel like when they go on those college visits, the small setting isn't the best fit for them. And I mean, I would say that a small school can seem quiet if there's nothing going on at that particular moment. Maybe everyone's just in classes, but at the same time, a small school can seem large. I mean, when everyone's out doing things or there's major events going on, or you have a class outside, you know, your professor decides to take you on a mini field trip. Those are things that you may not be able to experience as readily um, at a large school. So I would say that the class size will be smaller, the professors most of the time will be more readily available, and you're going to have a hands-on experience. Uh, this does bring up a negative point though, that there are going to be most of the time fewer classes offered. That's what I experienced. I don't know about you. Yeah, and that's why I think in our last episode I had talked about if we are encountering a student who's coming to us very late in the process, they're undecided, um, we typically would start by looking at some of those larger schools because there are simply more options open to them. There are a greater number of majors offered at some of those larger colleges versus the smaller schools. However, I think if you are a student who's started early and you know what you're going to major in and you are looking for a very specific program, some of these smaller schools have outstanding programs that really dig in deep and specialize within these specific fields. Yeah, and that was my experience entirely, but that does have a word of caution attached to it is that they specialize in a limited number of majors. So if you are someone that after a year in this major you're deciding to change, it, it could be a lot more difficult. Uh, they may not even have the major you want. You could then have to transfer schools, which is costly in time and money. So the number one piece of advice with a small school 
is just feel confident and know what you're going for. Right. So that early preparation is key. I think we say this 10 times every episode, (laughs) but starting early, doing your research and not being afraid to ask for help is so important. Yeah. And that's why families come to us all the time here at Ensphere at a very, very young age. Please visit the online college coaching community. It is never too early. Also, feel free to sign up for one of our monthly membership options where we can help your student starting at a young age to ensure the best success possible as they approach the college years. iTunes, have your student listen to this while they're in the car with you. And don't forget, at the end of this episode, you will have a free downloadable gift uh, brought to you exclusively by Ensphere College Planning Services. So let's talk about sports because I know when we're talking about large schools, that's one of the most appealing things for many of our students, that school spirit, being able to attend these huge sporting events with huge crowds. So what is that like at a small school? Uh, Sports at a small school, they are different. Uh, You may not be at a football game with thousands of screaming fans, but I don't want you to think that these fans and the school spirit doesn't exist at all at a small school. You could have hundreds of screaming fans and they may be so passionate about this game that it can actually feel like they're numbering in the thousands. Uh, But the ultimate and bottom line is that the sport and athletic program is just not going to be as vast as it is at a large school. However, don't forget that you always have the opportunity to sign up for extracurricular activities, and these can include intramural sports as well. So sometimes at a small school, the competitive nature of intramural sports can actually seem as great as the sports and athletic program itself. Uh, That was my experience. There were actually crowds there for intramural basketball and volleyball, and I kept score. So it was a big event. Great. Well, I'm sure a lot of students listening were really happy to hear that. And I guess another disclaimer. So the location of your school can affect your entire campus experience. We've talked before about the differences between urban campuses versus rural campuses. And so just keep that in mind when you are thinking about the size of the school and what is the best fit for you, consider those other factors in addition to the school size. Yeah, I mean, where I live at now, currently, there's a small school located right by me. Uh, It's very different, though, than the one I attended. It is right downtown, smack dab in the middle of everything. They have front row seats to the town parades that go on around the holidays. There's restaurants and, you know, there's shops and there's a ton of opportunity to just hang out in what feels like a small city environment as opposed to being on top of a hill in a very, very small, tight-knit community uh, like was my experience. So I think another thing that we talked about during our last episode was the number of students that you would see on campus and how typically at those larger schools, you won't know everyone. And some students love this. They're coming from small high schools and they're just so eager to be in an environment where there are tons of people around and you don't know everybody. But at these smaller schools, I would say some students actually prefer having that opportunity to know everyone and feel that tight-knit community. What do you think? I would say that this is definitely the case. I mean, at the school I was at, you kind of knew everyone, uh, even if they weren't in the same grade as you, which was really unique. Uh, All four grades kind of hung out at the same place. Uh, This was actually helpful in that these older students, they seem pretty approachable. They seem just like you. I don't think there was as much of a stigma like, I'm a senior, I'm a junior, and you're just a freshman. So for me, it was an overall bonding experience campus-wide that I found unique. Uh, Something I will mention, though, that we touched on in the last podcast, focusing on big schools, 
is that you can most certainly uh, make a big school feel like a small school. Just knowing myself and my personality, even if I was at a rather large school, I myself could see myself fitting in and just knowing almost everyone on campus. I'm just that type of person that can pick up a conversation with anyone. I'll talk to you at the grocery store line, on the walk to work or school. So I don't know if you see me like that, but I could see myself knowing everyone (laughs) at a large school too. Oh, of course. And so I know we say this all the time, but two students can go to the exact same school and have completely different experiences. I know you and your husband went to the same college, but from what I've heard in the past, it sounds like you had very different experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you were to ask him, like I say all the time, his experience is completely different than mine. Uh, Yes, we had some overlapping friends, but we had different friends as well. You know, what classes we chose to take or what we chose to do in our spare time, it was completely different. He was very heavily involved in the athletic program. I was not. Sure, I would go see his games, but when he was at practice, I may be busy um, doing dancing lessons or I may be busy going going downtown and just exploring what was out there. Uh, We had a really cool environmental science program. I did not major in environmental science, but they were never afraid to let you tag along for their experiments and their field trips. So I just found very different things to do with my time where he would have been completely uninterested in those. So as we always say, it's just about the student. It's what the student's interested in. It's what the student wants to do. And it's about the location and the size of the school that they will feel most comfortable at. Um, You know, college is career training. So if you're not focused in college and you're not enjoying your college experience, it's going to be very difficult to get the most out of it. And I feel to become as successful as you can after school. Uh, One thing I will touch on though, is that there is an in-between option. Uh, I think Erin actually attended what I would consider to be a medium school. Isn't that correct? Right. And so in my experience, I found this to be the best of both worlds. I know we're talking about whether or not you know everyone on campus, and I felt like I had kind of that happy medium. I remember as a senior, I would walk into a dining hall, and I would probably recognize many, maybe half of the people there. Um, But even as a senior, I know working certain jobs or as part of certain extracurricular groups, I was still coming across people who I did not even realize were in the same graduating class as me. So I made some new friends senior year. And I remember us saying, wow, how have our paths never crossed before? (laughs) We didn't even realize we attended the same college and we're only just meeting now. So I thought that was a pretty nice in-between for me. Yeah, and something else that Erin did is she was actually able to earn not only her bachelor's, but also her master's degree at the same college. Uh, This was something that would not have been possible at a small school like I attended. So what is your advice? If you're thinking about continuing on for a bachelor's degree, Erin, and you know this before you even get started with your undergraduate degree, would you recommend attending a school that has this graduate program attached to it? Yes. And so on a case-by-case basis, I would say really think about what that end goal is. Think big picture. What are our plans in terms of setting ourselves up to be successful in our chosen career path? And so for some students, it makes a lot of sense to look into accelerated degree programs or look at colleges that will allow you to continue on and receive a graduate degree. Um, For other students, they might really just be focusing on that undergraduate preparation at one location, and they have plans to receive their graduate degree from an entirely different 
different school. And so it really varies based on the student's preferences, specifically how their programs are structured in the field that they're hoping to specialize in. And this is something that's actually really unique. I know at a small school, you may have that school have a very reputable uh, reputation (laughs) in medicine, maybe. So a lot of their uh, students may take the MCATs and go on to medical school. But it's interesting. It's unique to see all of the different places that these students end up. Uh, So just because you want to go on to medical school, it does not mean we are saying that you can't attend to school uh, that is strictly undergraduate. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of learning style, if you're a hands-on learner, if you are a visual learner, an auditory learner, it really doesn't matter because I think that the smaller classes and the, the more personal interaction with professors lends itself in such a way that any student could be academically successful. But I would say we know that some students simply aren't as comfortable or as satisfied with a smaller campus setting with fewer people around. So that is a factor to consider. So even though academically within the walls of the classroom, I would say I think any student could be successful in these smaller class settings, it's certainly very important to factor in the size of the campus itself and the number of people around. Yeah, and I think what we're talking about here is if you're an outgoing student or um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're a very shy student. You still have an equal chance of success in this small environment. Like Erin touched on though, most importantly, you just have to be comfortable with fewer people at that school and a smaller campus setting. Uh, There's going to be fewer facilities, obviously, at a small school. Uh, Fewer dining halls, fewer dorms, uh, fewer research labs, maybe a smaller library. So these are all things to take into consideration. Uh, One thing to touch on is the alumni network. And we briefly discuss the difference here in our last podcast. Uh, The alumni network at a smaller school. It may not be as vast, but that doesn't mean that it isn't necessarily better. Is that correct, Erin? Right. And I think that's where those relationships with professors can really play a big role. We've had students who, you know, maybe they didn't have access to thousands and thousands of alumni all across the world. But what they did have is that special relationship with one person who really knew them, who knew their talents, who knew their strengths, who really understood their career goals, who was then able to recommend them for a position or point them in the right direction and at least introduce them to the right person to talk to. So I think that's definitely a huge advantage that you do have when you're able to build these more personal, individualized relationships. Yeah, and even on that note, when you're attending an interview, if you have a small school on your resume or you're using a portfolio with the name of your small private school on the front, if that person has heard of that school, or even better, if they've attended it themselves, that can instantly spark up you know, a more intimate connection. So they understand everything you went through at that school. Maybe you're able to bond on the fact that there is a professor there, or you know they require a senior comp, and that was something that was a very stressful but motivating time for both of you. So I feel like having that small, intimate connection of alumni, it can actually be a very powerful thing. So very quick recap of both part one and part two of our very first two-part episode. I think the key things to keep in mind is that it's so important to really focus on finding that right fit. And so that involves visiting the college, doing your research early, talking to people in person, just get as much information as you can so that you can make that right decision. 
And did you hear Aaron? Remember, research, 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 which leads us to today's free downloadable gift. Another quiz to help you decide is a small school the right option for you. Uh, for more individualized attention, please check out our monthly membership options. And for your families have the chance to meet with Aaron and myself as often as needed. Uh, if you are not able to do that, please join the Facebook community. It's our online college coaching community where you have access to Aaron and I 24-7. Tell your friends and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, most importantly, please provide your feedback. So for our next episode, we are doing something completely different that we've never done before and that we are super excited about. Yes, you, the listeners, will be able to control the fate of our next episode. It's a working title, but we know that we are focusing on listener-only questions. That's right. We're here to answer anything about college planning that you may need to know. So email those questions to us at cps at nspherecps.com. And that's CPS as in College, college planning, planning Services. This has been Carmela and Erin signing off. We hope you enjoyed this first ever two-part special and have a great day. College prep? Yes. College prep? Yes.